You're listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome inside to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have owner of the TNT Effect, Dr. Tierra Roll, PTATC. Tierra, welcome in. Hey, thank you for having me. So Tierra and I have been playing phone tag with each other for a while now, and I'm very glad that we finally got to have her on the podcast. So why don't you introduce yourself and kind of give a little bit of background about you? Yeah, so... You know, as Chase said, I'm Dr. Tierra, and I'm a physical therapist as well as a certified athletic trainer, and I'm the owner of the TNT Effect. I also work with an NBA G League team, and, um, you know, so I had the opportunity to, you know, do a lot with um, different sports teams. So, like, with the U.S. Soccer Federation, traveling with some of their uh, youth national teams, and then also most recently their um, extended national team. So that's the beach soccer as well as um, the men's futsal. And I, I had a chance to go to to Europe to both of those World Cups um, back in August and September of, of 2021. Um, I've also had the opportunity to travel with US USA Volleyball. And, um, you know, it's been great having the opportunity to work with different sports and um, just get a chance to meet different uh you know, professionals and, and have that opportunity to work together and, and get a chance to, to basically help these athletes achieve their goals. Right. And so I kind of want to go back even further. So obviously you've done all these different, you know, traveling jobs, working at with like high level athletes in all different types of sports. So kind of tell us about how your journey into sports got started. Uh, was it from a young age or did you find out later later on, like while you were an undergraduate? Yeah, so for me with sports, um, sorry about that. So with sports, I, I actually grew up playing sports. I started kind of later than what I would have liked to. Um, I think initially for me, I wanted to get into martial arts and do karate or whatever. Um, but anyway, I never I never got into that. <laughs> But later on, I, I started out playing co-ed baseball, and I was the only I was the only female on the team. There was supposed to be someone else, uh, another female, but she never showed up, so I was the only one on the team. And then after that, I got into basketball, and so for me, um, that was something that I I stuck with for a few years. You know, uh, you know, one year of middle school, and then I, I did it three years of high school. And then from there, I decided to, well, in high school, too, I, I would say I had a very brief stint with track and field. Um, I never was, like, the type who liked to run just to run. Like, we, we did a lot of running in basketball. But at least there was, like, some stop and go. There was, a, a, there was like, a, a means to an end, right? Or to do something, you know, a layup or a jump shot or something like that. But running, track and field, like, it's, it's so painful so, like, I try to stay away from it as long as possible. And then eventually, like, one of the, the track coaches, um, like, he kept hounding me to come out. Like, he he saw how fast I was, like, on the court. 
So he kept hounding me to come out. And eventually I, I, I went out and I was like, okay, I, I'll go. And um, we had a, a meet come up. And at that particular time, the season had already started. And I wasn't necessarily prepared to like um, really start racing in the meet yet. But um, he said, okay, you know, just in case we need you, uh, we have the 200. And I was like, oof, I don't know if I have a 200 in me. Maybe 100. <laughs> I don't know about a 200. <laughs> I'm not quite prepped for that yet. And um, anyway, I went out, ran the four by two. And pretty much like what I said, I had 100 in me and I came around the curve and I started running out of gas. But anyway, we still won. <laughs> but long story short, like I, it didn't last very long because like I actually ended up getting sick and didn't go to practice after that meet for like a couple days or so. And like one of the other coaches was like upset that I was missing practice and he was just like turning and stuff. And I'm thinking like, shoot, I'm not mad. You're doing me a favor. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway very brief stint with track and field um anyway I, I actually I really enjoy um playing sports and being active and being around athletes and of course I wanted to like um go to go to school to become an athletic trainer after I was exposed to it because early on in my athletic career in high school and middle school like I wasn't really familiar with athletic training up until Maybe like my junior or senior year, we actually had an athletic trainer come to our school and, and it kind of piqued my interest. And so I started, um, well, I started out with this summer intro program for like high school kids who, who were interested in athletic training. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is something I may want to get into or at least sports medicine. And so I decided to go to college, major in um, sports medicine, athletic training, and um, for me, that was like, you know, that was a good thing to pair. Like, one, I actually wanted to become a physician. And so my senior year of high school, I was between do I want to become a, um, a cardiologist or a, an orthopedic surgeon? And so I decided to go orthopedics, um, the orthopedic surgeon route, route. And so, of course, majoring in sports medicine, like, was a good option for me. And then I, I got to I got to um, college in my freshman year. I was like, I don't think I really want to go to med school. Um, but this is still a good route for me. And so, you know, I ended up going that route. And then I decided to go to PT school because I wanted the opportunity to have flexibility in my career. Um, you know, just working in different settings and, you know, just have the opportunity to work with different uh, patient populations. Even though I knew ortho was like, pretty much going to be my be all end all <laughs> setting once I, um, you know, finished PT school. And so, and sure enough, that's, you know, what I stuck with and being able to like bring the two together, my athletic training background with, you know, physical therapy, like, you know, it was, it was a great opportunity for me. Right. And so kind of in order of your career. So after you graduated from PT school, um, and then you started working with like the U S soccer federation and U S USA volleyball, and all the different subsections of USA Soccer. Um, kind of tell us a little bit about how you got involved with those different organizations. Yeah, so to kind of back up a little bit, just, you know, graduating from PT school, working in a clinic um, for a number of years and realizing like, man, this is really not, 
allowing me to, to reach my goal of working with elite level athletes. Because, you know, depending on what clinic you work in, you don't get to see high level athletes um, either as many or as often, if at all, um, in some cases. And, you know, I did a lot of travel, PT and going to working in different uh, facilities and different things of that nature. But I, I got to a point where I said, you know what, I really have to be intentional about where I'm trying to go and how I'm going to reach my my goals. And so I, I had an opportunity. I was in one clinic working with, a, a, you know, this, I think it was a PTA. I can't remember for sure. But I was just telling him, like, you know, my goal and my interest. And he said, well, you know what, I know someone who works um, – who is like a network provider, a massage therapist at one of the um, the USOPC, which is the US Olympic and Paralympic Training Centers. And I said, oh, for real? Like, how did they get into it? So he put me in touch with that person. And then I actually got in touch with um, someone who was like the director for the, the medical um, side at one of the training facilities. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm interested in coming down and just kind of like, meeting you and, and, you know, just, you know, looking over the, uh, the campus and everything. And so I had a chance to talk with, with the medical director and I said, you know what, I think I don't necessarily meet all of the qualifications to actually submit my application to volunteer for the program, for the sports med program. And he was like, you know what, don't worry about it. Like, don't let that stop you from applying. So I said, bet. I'm on it. So once I left there, I got back home. Um, I went ahead and got my application together, put it in. And then sure enough, I got the opportunity to do like their two week sports medicine, um, sports medicine volunteer uh, rotation. And what that is, it's like they have like their um, sports physicians, massage therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, uh, physical therapists. And that's, you know, all of those different um, professionals who have the opportunity to to basically get in the network for the uh, for the um, USOPC. And so at that time, I was able to get my foot in the door and complete that rotation. And then, you know, you're a part of their pool of providers who they may reach out to or someone from a national governing body of a particular sport, i.e. the U.S. Soccer Federation or like. USB skating or whatever, what other sport, you know, any other sport that um, has a NGB. And so they can send out a blast email and say, hey, we need providers to cover, you know, this event or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, cool. So sometimes I'll get like a blast email and I'm like, yes, I'm available. Like, sure, I'll take it. And so that's pretty much how I got involved with that. And USA Volleyball, that was just an opportunity that came about when I reached out to one of my former classmates from undergrad who actually worked with USA Volleyball at some point in time. So she put me in contact with someone um, and then it, you know, just happened from there. Gotcha. So I want to ask you a little bit more about your time with USA Soccer this past, uh, I I guess, earlier in 2021. Um, So kind of tell us about like your role uh, working with the team, especially, you know, going overseas and doing one of the world cups my role so my role was more of like the athletic trainer even though i can't really separate athletic training from the pt um you know aspects of who i am but 
for the sake of titles, um, athletic training um, was my role. And I'm a network provider. And so what that means is I'm, I'm it's kind of more like per diem. I'm not like full time with the Federation. Um, but again, if they have a need and, you know, they'll reach out to their pool of providers to see who's available um, to cover certain events. So with uh, the World Cups, two World Cups. Um, so essentially, it's it's a whirlwind of things that tend to happen when you go on these trips. It's, um, you know, we we get there, you know, of course, tons of equipment that you have to unload or, or you know, that we travel with. And we have to unload, set up our treatment room, you know, make our schedule. Um, and we're treating the players, prepping them for for practice that may be, you know, whether it's maintenance or rehab for, for an injury, uh, some soft tissue work, exercises, um, you know, prepping hydration, you know, we're taping the guys. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't really realize, um, you know, a lot that it takes to get these athletes ready to perform. And, um, and then, of course, you know, on off days, we're making sure that they're recovering properly. Uh, practice days, we're making sure that they are prepped properly. We're working with the sports scientists. If we have one on a trip with us, you know, we're working with the sports scientists or the performance coach to make sure we're planning things appropriately and we're in sync um, to get these guys ready or these women ready for um, to, to be able to compete. And of course, we're communicating with coaches um, to make sure that we're in sync as well in terms of like the load for the players, you know, making recommendations for those for their load or their practice days. And, you know, it's it's a lot. <laughs> right. And so as you're kind of like a per diem provider where you can be called out for, you know, a specific event and you're not with this team full time. Um, how do you kind of make sure that your communication between all the different members that may also be per diem and not working full time, how do you make sure that communication works well? Because it's a short amount of time, but you have to make sure that everyone is working at peak efficiency. So, you know, working with new people, I mean, if, uh, you know, completely new people sometimes can be difficult. So what do you do to kind of make sure that everyone's on the same page? Yeah, so that that is one of the, the biggest challenges with being a network provider um, the what tends to help is if there is like someone who's full time with their federation, if they're on the trip with us, then that is their role to make sure um, e even if they're not on the trip, because they we do have like a senior sports medicine manager for the federation. So, you know, their role is to make sure that everything is in place in terms of, you know, their physicals, if there's any follow up that needs to take place. You know, that is what they're responsible for. You know, I can make recommendations um, as a result of me being in camp. I can make those recommendations and have that sent out to the full-time full staff for the Federation, and they would make sure that information gets back to where it needs to go. Right. Um, so as you're per diem and you kind of work whenever these tournaments or anything or the provider sends out that, you know, notification – uh, your other role is as the director and founder of the TNT Effect. So kind of talk us a little bit about, you know, how that got started and kind of what kind of caused you to want to own your own private practice. Yeah, I think at some point I 
kind of had a desire to to want to own my own practice anyway. And then I kind of realized that, man, that's a lot of work. I'm not sure if I actually want to do it. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and I think just after working for a number of years and realizing that, you know, in order for me to truly be able to work the way I want to, to be able to carry out a vision that is truly mine, a mission that is truly mine, I would have to create my own. And so having that flexibility, flexibility and freedom to, to do that, um, that's pretty much where that came from. And so I would say during the pandemic, I think a lot of people kind of either say, you know what, I'm going to create something or I'm giving up something or I'm taking a new path during this pandemic. <laughs> and um, and for me, it kind of initiated right before that happened, like late 2019. And then um, kind of put a slight pause on that. And then, of course, with 2020 and everything getting shut down, um, it was like, okay, now I have the time to kind of focus and kind of start getting some things in place. And so that's pretty much how that came about for me. And it's still a work in pro- uh, progress. Um, but I think for me, the goal, the ultimate goal is to be able to to work with athletes independently, um, you know, like concierge type services and, and be that go-to person for elite level athletes, um, specific, more specifically for like your basketball and soccer players. Right. Um, and so obviously owning your own private practice has its own set of issues compared to, you know, when you're working um, with a team basically full time. So what are some of those challenges that you found, you know, when you're at a privately owned practice versus when you're out on the road with a team? Yeah. So private practice is, you know, you tend to have a set schedule, you know, your hours, you know, you work X amount of days a week. And that's pretty much what it is. Working with a team, there are no conventional hours. You work seven days a week. (laughs) I mean, the fact that I'm off today is only because of the weather. It snowed, practice got canceled. It's the only reason why I had today off. (laughs) And I would say it's not even really 100% off because there's like emails and text messages and coordinating this and scheduling this. And so it's not 100% an off day, but, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, the hours are a challenge. Um, sometimes the travel can be very challenging because, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it, a lot of travel, um, in short amount of time, you're back and forth. Um, you know, for those who have families and of course with friends and stuff, you tend to miss out on a lot or, you know, have to put a pause on a lot of different things because you have to work. You work on holidays, um, you know, you know, as a, a medical provider, when there's a quote unquote off day, um, it's really an on day for the providers because we're doing treatments. You know, the players aren't practicing, but those who need treatment, they're getting treatment. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a lot. Right. Um, and so obviously that's, it's quite, you know, quite challenging in both aspects, each has its own set of, uh, you know, different factors that make it tough, but why is, you know, sports PT so fulfilling to you? And that's a very broad and ambiguous question. Um, but I like to ask that question because, you know, what makes 
you know, sports so special to you that you made your entire career out of it? I would say, first off, I think the inherent part of it is just helping people, helping patients and building those relationships, regardless of the patient population. Um, But the bonus for me is that I get to work with an active population um, because it is it's it's great to help them achieve a goal that is so much bigger than them, so much more bigger than them in terms, you know, you have a lot of um, athletes who, you know, may be the first in their family to do something like this. They may be the first in their family to achieve um, a career in which they can make a significant amount of money and give back to their communities, give back to their families, you know, change the trajectory of a lot of people around them. So, you know, to be a part of that, like that's a a huge thing. Right. I think that, you know, we all do physical therapy or get into healthcare because we want to help people. But that aspect of, you know, this, you know, being able to help someone back from injury to help them get back on the court so they can help provide for their families and, you know, alter, you know, generations to come is, you know, really unique. And I think very good insight to, um, to have, you know, when treating high level, high level athletes, because it's obviously fun because you get to do, you know, you can challenge them and they can pretty much do anything and you keep challenging them, but being able to help them get back to their job, just like you would for any construction worker or for, you know, a janitor is, but doing it at such a high level is, is really, really awesome. So, um, and then also another role that you have is right now you're currently with the uh, for the G League team for the Washington Wizards. So kind of tell us a little bit more about your role with the uh, with the G League team. Right. So I'm the head athletic trainer, um, physical therapist for for the Capital City Go Go, and um, you know it's it's been, gosh, it's been very challenging. And I, the reason I say that is because with COVID. It has, you know, put so much more on on our plates, um, and and as you know, it's spreading like wildfire right now. You know, you hear about all of the, the different teams who have all of these players who are in health and safety protocols. You know, right? And so, you know, you have you know players on both sides, the Wizards as well as you know not just players, but staff as well. And then of course, on the G League side, you know, you have cases as well. So it's it's a fine line between, you know, making sure everyone is protected, having to enforce protocols. I have to be the mask police, <laughs> put your mask on. <laughs> um, there's so much going on right now um, and we're very busy. And I mean, I have, you know, my players being called up because, you know, the NBA team is struggling with the, the number of players on their roster at the moment. And then, of course, um, you know, when when some go, someone goes out, a staff member goes out, then, you know, you have someone has to figure out how to manage different things when they go out. Thankfully, I've been safe from the virus <laughs> and I pray that I continue to be safe from it. Um, because we will be in a difficult spot, <laughs> very <laughs> difficult. Um, but no, like 
aside from the virus, um, you know, I think that it would be a lot easier if that wasn't a, a, a piece of it. But in general, my role is, you know, managing all of the medical and healthcare as it relates to the players. Um, and of course, protocols for players and staff. Um, I have an assistant. I like to say half of, half of an assistant because he's also the head strength coach. So his primary role is focused on the performance side of things. Um, so, you know, his, his, his assisting with me is limited. <laughs> but I will say the good part is because he is also a certified athletic trainer, it does help to really um, our relationship um, to flow easier. Because if I have a guy that, that I'm treating, that I'm rehabbing, you know, I can actually progress him or at least slide him over to the performance side um, easier because he also can do some of the rehab um, as well as the performance and that return to play protocol. And I can trust that he would um, do that in a safe way for a player who is re rehabilitating. Um, so we communicate a lot, you know, I can say, Hey, can you, you know, when you're doing your activation and lifts with this player, can you add this to his, to his program? Because I know there's something that he needs to work on. And, and because there are only two of us, we can, you know, I, I'll, you know, make sure the guy gets on the table. We'll do certain things, but I'm like, okay, I know he has to go do some exercises. So let me just add this to it. That way I can focus on, you know, prepping some of the other guys. So it's, it's a lot um, to have to handle, uh, a, you know, an entire team of guys and you have limited people, <laughs> limited people to do treatments um, and, and prep and tape and different things of that nature. But I will say it is helpful where he is the most help. My strength coach slash assistant is on those off days where we have those treatments for guys. Because then there are two of us who are available to do treatments. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, um, you know, we, we have to, we tag team, you know, as needed. You know, we have a guy that we're re rehabbing now. And so kind of recently um, shifting him to a little more performance side of things in addition to the rehab. So it's like, okay, now we're tag teaming. Okay, during practice, once I'm done with him, you can take him and then we'll tag off and I'll cover the court and watch the guys. Cause you know, we have to make sure we have eyes on the court in case something happens. Um, you know, that's a big thing um, that's important for us as athletic trainers being that, uh, that provider when an acute injury happens or an emergency happens. Right. And so um, I think, I think we've gotten through all of the experiences that you've had, cause you've had quite a bit and like, honestly, very, very impressive going from, you know, NBA all the way to soccer to, you know, private practice. So you've kind of covered the whole gamut. And so you've probably worked with a lot of great medical providers, whether they're physicians, athletic trainers or physical therapists. So what to you makes a good sports medicine team member, you know, at any, any, any of those professions that I listed? I think, well, one, communication. And so, you know, when communication isn't on point, it, you know, it can be challenging at times. And I think all parties have to be good at that. 
And so, you know, we're not always perfect and we're still, we're still figuring things out. But the thing is, everyone is different. So their communication styles vary. Um, you know, some people are very picky. Some people are like, listen, just let me know when I need to know. <laughs> like, send me a text, send me an email. Uh, I need this, I need that. And, you know, even there's even media who needs communication, right? You know, you have a guy who's out. Well, they need they they would like to know, okay, so what do I need to say? <laughs> like, what do I need to post as the reason why he's out? So, you know, there are a lot of different um, things that go into that, a lot of different factors, communication styles. Um, also, I would say someone who w- would make a great team member is someone who is open to – uh, constructive criticism, someone who is open to learning and growing, and someone who is easy to work with um, because you spend so much time with them. And so, like, you don't have to, like, become friends or best friends, but, like, at least enjoy working with one another, <laughs> you know, because it can get hard sometimes. It can get grindy. And also, another thing I would say don't take things personal if they are not meant to be personal. That's the biggest thing. Um, but, you know, I'm still figuring out a lot. <laughs> All right. All right. I got a couple more questions, then we'll get you out of here. Um, so out of, I guess I could take one from each, you know, with your time during the U.S. World Cup um, earlier this earlier in 2021, um, and then also during your time with the uh, the Wizards G League team, what is some of your favorite memories or something that stood out that made you realize it's like, man, this is why I love sports physical therapy? Hmm. So from one of the one of the two World Cups, I would probably say when. Um, so one of one of the teams that I work with, you know, the fight that they put up against one of the teams who is like maybe like second best team in the world, the fight that they put up against them, like and just the joy that they had, like that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, you know, and it was and it was tough. It was tough. I mean, honestly. It, it felt like a win. Even though they lost, it felt like a win. <laughs> so experiencing those moments with the athletes, like that's 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 huge. I would also say another great thing too is um, you know, in those moments where you have a guy who maybe had, you know, they sustained an injury and there's a question mark as to whether or not they'll actually be able to compete in something like that. Which actually there was a scenario. Um, an athlete right before the World Cup, we were in training camp and had an injury that um, initially was thought to be significant, that he probably maybe even wouldn't make the World Cup. And um, he made the World Cup team and was able to go out there and perform. So, like, that was huge. That was huge. Yeah, I think I think those moments of, you know, cheering on teams while you're like on the sideline and 
seeing those people that you know may not have been able to play and seeing them actually perform at such a high level that's kind of why we love to do sports um just because at, at the end of the day we're still like fans of it and you know as you know healthcare providers you got to be professional but at the same time we're still cheering on for those those people that you work so closely with um especially for like long-term rehab patients you know we work with them for a long time so to be able to see them go at it again is something like that's truly special and i think unique to sports physical therapy all right so last question i got for you um do you have any advice for any aspiring sports physical therapists um whether they're at their undergraduate level whether they're in PT school and wanting to get into sports or, you know, at any other point in their career? My advice would be find someone who you admire and you look up to. And, you know, if you're, if you are not able to reach them directly, you know, follow them on social media, if they're on social media, you know, try to find out what it is that they did to get to where they are. Um, Get creative with how you reach out to people. Um, I mean, like, you know, you <laughs> you just emailed me, you know, and reached out to me and, you know, things worked out. But also find out exactly what it is, what this entails, because it's a lot. You know, it looks pretty on the outside. But it is hard and grimy, you know, behind the scenes, you know, it is not a cakewalk. It is not by not a cakewalk by any means, because when you're in sports, especially professional sports, there are a lot of different stakeholders who make decisions. And, you know, you can't just say this is what it is and this is how it's going to be. You can say this is what it is and this is what I highly recommend that it would, you know, it should be, but it's not always going to be the case that, that things will go the way that you think they should go. Even if it is for the, uh, in the best interest of the athlete, because, you know, it is a business, you know, the stakeholders, you know, the higher ups, you know, they have, you know, they have a horse in a race and, you know, they're trying to make money you know, they're paying this athlete a lot of money. So you have to be firm in your stance as long as it is um, clinically based or clinically sound. Um, but at the same time, you have to understand, too, that it's not always going to, um, you know, go based on what you recommend. And then also, too. I would say be intentional about how you go about achieving your goals. You know, if you want to be in sports, you have to figure out how to get in it. You know, a lot of times it's about making those connections and who you know. Um, and then sometimes being in the right place at the right time. You know, as a physical therapist, you know, it, it can be harder if you don't have a background in athletic training or in, you know, whether it's sports science or, you know, strength conditioning or something like that, it can be harder, but it's not impossible. So I would say just connect with those people um, and study and learn, learn what they did, learn what they do, learn the sports aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? Get strong in your orthopedic skill set. Um, 
So you can at least come with that if you don't have that other background. Right. Um, I kind of want to go back to your point about, you know, saying that sports isn't always like as bright and shiny as it seems. I think the person who kind of connected us, Vanessa, she brought up the same point that it's not always like, you know, you might have your, you know, moment of fame while you're on TV for two seconds while they pan by the bench. Um, But, you know, the long hours are really something that a lot of people don't know. And that's why I always like to ask that question. Um, because, you know, if someone's serious about wanting to get into sports PT, I think it's important to know that it's not always all sunshines and rainbows and that there's a lot of tough decisions and long hours and a lot of hard work that goes into it. Um, but Tierra, thank you so much for taking um, some time out of your busy schedule. And I'm final, I'm glad that we finally got to connect. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything about the TNT effect or anything else about you? Um, sure. You can follow me on IG. Um, at the TNT effect, or you can just type in my name and it'll come up. <laughs> um, you can also go to my website, the TNT effect.com um, and find more information. I also have a podcast as well. So you can find me on all of your major podcast platforms, Apple, um, iTunes. You can even find me on YouTube. Um, just type in the TNT effect, the athletes podcast. And you'll find it on YouTube as well as those audio podcast platforms. Okay, perfect. I will make sure I link all of that below um, so people can find your work a little bit more easy. Um, But Tierra, again, thank you so much for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Thank you for having me. Big thank you for Tierra Roll of Capital City Gogo and the TNT Effect for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. If you liked what you heard from our guest today or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.